T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah! We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steven Lightford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock. It's the morning roast. We'll take you until 10. Whoo! We have some baseball today. And Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky just walked in with Krispy Kreme donuts. Damn, it's good to have some hosts back in studio. Haven't had donuts in a long time. No interns. Uh, did that thing where, you know, we fooled the interns and saying, hey, and if it's your first Friday as an intern, you have to bring donuts. It's, uh, it's an unwritten rule. You know, baseball has these unwritten rules. We had an unwritten rule at 9-5-7 the game that interns would bring in donuts on every Friday. Uh, but now that we don't have interns for right now, we got our boy Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky bringing them in. I love that. Uh, today, want to get into a little Giants talk? I'm going to be honest. I was at the San Jose Giants game last night. So I was keeping up on my phone. I was, you know, I had to, I was do, I was that annoying guy in the stands who was like holding his phone out on his leg, watching the game, uh, watching the Giants Dodgers as the live game is going on. But you got to pay attention to both, right? So I will do my best here. But man, I will say this uh, about the Giants because we got a lot to get into today. Um, I do want to talk about the A's as well and what Chris Bassett did yesterday in this wacky, most Bay Area type of story that you'll ever hear when it came to Shohei Otani and arriving at the game yesterday. Uh, so we will get into that. We got Langford's long balls coming up uh, at 545 plus. Uh, I do want to just go through some of the biggest questions I have for the Warriors, uh, uh, at least with Bob Myers, the help of Bob Myers, who was on with the morning roast. So we got a lot to get into. Um, but I, I do want to say that, you know, if you can get out to a San Jose Giants game and you can you know, manage to uh, squeeze out a few bucks, go get some barbecue, go to Turkey Mites. It's awesome. It's awesome. The weather is hitting just right. It was just in the early 60s, you know, 62, 63 degrees for a majority of the time. Uh, it was just a great, it was just a grand old time over there at Excite Ballpark, which is what they're calling it now. I'm so used to it being at um, Municipal Stadium. And, and honestly, this is just a personal thing. But 
I'm 27 years old, and I haven't been to a, a San Jose Giants game, I think, since I was 21. Yeah, it's been around that time. It's been around six years, I think. Maybe maybe even more than that. But I haven't gotten to the point where I've been to one of those games where the players are younger than I am. And it was a little bit of a shock. I know you're probably sitting there going, Oh, Steven, what are you talking about, man? You're embarrassing yourself on the air. But I don't care. I was, it, was a, it was a trip. I'm just like, wow. These guys are, you know, these guys are all in there early to mid-20s. Marco Luciano, who was 19 years old, who went three for three with a home run, a double, a single, and a walk yesterday, was very close to hitting for the cycle. Um, but look, it's it's it was a trip. It was a trip. I was like, wow, these guys are really that much younger than I am, huh? Makes you think. Uh, makes you reevaluate your life decisions a little bit. Because <laughs> because I remember going there thinking, you know, when I was a kid and I was you know 10, 11, 12 years old. I'm going to those San Jose Giants games because I grew up in Fremont, so going to San Jose Giants games was a staple uh, as a little leaguer. But going to those games, I remember thinking, that's going to be me out there. And then now uh, I'm at these games like last, like last night, and I'm like, that isn't me out there. <laughs> these, these dudes, hey, they were, they were some monsters out there, though. I will say that. And I'll, and I'll talk about that game a little bit. Uh, but I do just want to talk about the Giants and the Dodgers and getting that 4-3 loss. Look, there's no such thing as a must-win at this point in the season as the Giants move on to 30-20 and 20 on the year and the, uh, the Dodgers take uh, the... NL West lead at 31 and 19 officially. But I, I, I do think that that game last night, if there was going to be any game that the Giants should have won in this series against the Dodgers in this four game set, it needed to be that one last night. It needed to be the one last night. If they are going to be going for their opener because guys are on the IL, the reason that they're pulling the opener in the first place and they were trotting out David Price only for a few innings is because their young star, the 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 young Dustin May, the guy who is going to be incredibly good going forward, but he had to have TJ, uh, Tommy John, and him not being on the team forces them to go with an opener. And this is the one that, in my opinion, the Giants needed to win. But instead, they could only muster up three hits. And watching that game as much as you could, it didn't seem like they could uh, get the bat on the ball at all. They didn't really look too comfortable at the plate until, of course, Donovan Salado ties it up with the two-run homer to make it 3-3 to the Giants. And then Alex Wood leaves a fastball right over the plate for Max Muncie. Excuse me, it was a sinker, actually. Leaves a sinker right over the plate. Had him 0-2 and leaves it right down the middle. And Max Muncie, even though he is not the uh, even though he's not the Dodgers' best player, their best player is Mookie Betts. And then you could probably go with, you know, Justin Taylor, Cody Bellinger when he's in. But Max Muncie has been their best player so far this year as far as their MVP goes. You know, he's hitting 284. He has a 992 OPS. He has been their MVP so far this year, even though he's not their best player. And Alex Wood left one right over the plate. And when you're up 0-2 on a hitter, I don't know how you don't try throwing any pitch outside of the zone. 
how you don't try at least throwing some sort of breaking ball. Throw it in the dirt. Throw a high fastball. Throw one out of the zone. I, I, you know, and he just missed it. And Alex Wood knows it. There's no doubt that he's thinking about that after the game last night when they were done. And you, you just don't do that when you got a player like Max Muncy up to bat. Then the Giants couldn't score after that. So really, you know, we're 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 going to pay attention to the pitching a lot, and you know how he shouldn't have done what he did with an 0-2 count. But really, it's the bats that needed to come alive yesterday, and they just didn't do it in the appropriate time. They didn't get runners on base. The amount of guys they left on base, (laughs) the amount of guys they left on base, if you lose, you know, in a close game and you look at the left on base numbers, sometimes it could be anywhere from 6 all the way to 15. You know, a good amount of guys left on base. How many did the Giants have? Two. (laughs) They had two runners left on base that entire game. That just shows that nobody was getting on. They couldn't do anything against this uh, Dodgers bullpen. And now you go into Friday's matchup against a pitcher in Walker Bueller, who is their best pitcher right now with Dustin May gone. So, look, it, it was a tough loss last night, and it's one they probably shouldn't have lost. I don't know what to call it because you can't call it a must win. Nothing is a must win when you're 50 games into the season and you got 112 more of these things. But it was as close as possible to being a must win that you needed against this Dodger team. And here is Gabe Kapler after the game talking about these home runs that Woods gave up. Yeah, no, I think the home runs were the result of some misses, honestly. The Muncie, Keeter, up and away, uh, an 0-2 count. I think he'd, he'd probably like to get that elevated a little bit more or or down below with a breaking ball, Turner fastball, kind of same thing. And then Peters, you know, maybe it was a, a pitch selection thing. Maybe he gets that up at the top of the zone or up out of the zone with a heater. And it's a different, different result. I will say this. He came out with a pretty, pretty good fastball. He felt good about it. He was trying to establish it and, and show uh, them that he was going to stay with it. And I mean, I think this is just a matter of, of location on a, a couple of pitches, some pitches that I think, uh, Woody will will tell you he'd like to have back and and do over. So I, I look at I look at it this way as well. You know he did make some mistakes and leave pitches over the plate, and ultimately is it is on the pitcher to locate the pitches. But I do think there's something to the fact that he is playing against his former team. Uh, against a bunch of guys who are used to that funky motion, that funky delivery. You know he likes to work quick. And coming from the left side, he kind of hides his pitch a little bit, and he, you know, he lifts his leg in a weird way, but contorts his body in a in a way that's pretty unusual for a pitcher. And in just how quickly he does it, and then the type of movement that he has on his pitches. But the Dodgers knew what to expect there; they knew what was coming with Alex Wood. And I actually look back also on the way that Tyler Rogers has been pitching. And I think the reason that we're so surprised by how well Tyler Rogers has pitched uh, pitched this season, now he didn't pitch last night, but I'm using him as a prime example. Last year, in a 60-game season, when you're just playing against those teams within your region, you know, so the NL West teams are going to be playing only teams from the West, whether it be in the American League or in the National League. I do think that he was brought in so much that some of these teams were just so used to Tyler Rogers that at that point it became second nature to hit off of them. They knew what was coming. And I wonder if it was that same effect with Alex Wood last night. Because he hasn't been hit like that really all year. You know, guys haven't been able to get home runs against him. Sure, they've gotten on base. 
but they haven't been able to hit home runs. He's the ground ball type of pitcher because he's a sinker slider guy who doesn't really throw his fastball all too often, doesn't throw a changeup all too often. His pitches are built for ground balls. He doesn't give up home runs too much. So when you look at the Dodgers and what they did last night, I think that that's what it was a product of, which was just them used to know or them knowing what Alex Wood was going to be pitching against them and knowing what his motion's like. Understanding it, going against him in live VP last season, all those different things. All those different things. So, look, the Giants do need to get these wins over the weekend because Ric Flair, he said it best, actually. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And the Dodgers are the top of the class in the NL West. The Padres are right up there as well. Um, uh, the Padres are up there, as a matter of fact. But, look, you got to beat these teams. You got to beat these teams if you want to prove to Giants fans that you got any shot. Because right now, if they, you know, suffer a four game sweep against the Dodgers and they beat, you know, the Diamondbacks in two games, I'll think, okay, this is a good team. Maybe could squeak in in a wild card, but ultimately they're just going to, you know, do the same thing as the Marlins did last season, which is be the Cinderella story of the postseason. That's it. I mean, if they, if they get beat, with a four-game sweep this weekend. I'm going to come in next week just thinking, look, these players are playing really well. The Giants are exceeding expectations. But with how well the two teams in the NL West are and the Dodgers and the Padres are playing, uh, you got to think about the trade deadline and what's to come with that, even though you have guys who are playing out of their minds this year. Uh, 888-957-9570, that is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything today, in about a half hour, we got Langford's Long Balls, where I go through my five favorite home runs from the week to try and market these players because MLB chooses not to. But what we got coming up next is what happened with the A's last night. Uh, Chris Bassett pitching a shutout. And if you listen to him after the game, just listen to what Chris Bassett had to say. It was pretty cool hearing him the post game and Shohei Otani, what he had to go through yesterday because the A's were supposed to see Shohei Otani on the mound, but it didn't quite work out that way. 888-957-9570. We'll get to all that coming up. Steve Lackford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford on the pregame show. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything on this Friday... In about 25 minutes, we got Langford's Long Balls, as I do at 5.45 a.m. on every Friday. And I don't know if anybody cares, because I had one 707 number text in yesterday that he expects a certain home run to be there. And I got stoked, because I haven't had a text like that before. Langford's Long Balls, it's going to be a thing, I promise. Storytelling. That's what I do. (laughs) But there was a cool story that happened in the A's game yesterday. We'll get to what happened before it with the Angels because there was an accident on the Bay Bridge and the Angels team bus couldn't make it. Uh, So we will get to all of that and and what happened with Chris Bassett because this postgame sound that he has, uh, it just... It just shows how cool of a moment it is uh, for him and what happened in this game yesterday. Uh, but I do just got to say, um, being at that San Jose Giants game last night, 
and seeing a lot of these younger players uh, for the Giants, I mean, Marco Luciano was the number one guy, and he went into that game. I think he was batting like, you know, two twenty nine or something like that. had a had a couple of home runs, but hadn't hit one at home yet. And, and and so his numbers, you know, he was batting fifth, and his numbers didn't really speak to who he was as the top prospect for the Giants as a 19-year-old. But then the dude goes out there, immediately gets an RBI single because there's a runner on second, and there'd already been a run scored uh, already by uh, their leadoff hitter, Auerbach, Brett Auerbach. But he hit an RBI single to start out, and it's like, okay, Okay, cool. But it was just, you know, regular line drive single, nothing too crazy. Hits a guy in from second. But then he comes in for his second at bat. And then he hits one to the opposite field, dead to right center. You knew that it was gone as soon as he hit it. The crack of the bat, it was different. It was different yesterday. But I also recommend just getting to a San Jose Giants game because of the crack of the bat is just also different when there's not a ton of people around and you don't have people yelling all across from you and everyone's just trying to chill at a San Jose Giants game. But this dude, Luciano, is a stud. He's going to be good. He's going to be real good. He has the confidence. He has the swag. But a lot of those guys on the San Jose Giants are really good yesterday. Missed out on seeing Luis Matos. Really wanted to see him. But uh, another guy who absolutely mashed one, and this dude was big. This is a big guy. You know, he's got that dad bod to him. Uh, His name was Harrison Freed, and he launched one in the left field. It was a no-doubter. You know, Luciano was a little unsure. He started running to first. It wasn't necessarily a slow walk where you stare at it because you hit it to right center field. Sometimes you just don't know whether it's going to go out or not. Your depth perception could be off. But... Harrison Freed knew it when he cracked it because he just turned on it and it went far over the left field fence, stared at it a little bit. There wasn't much of a bat flip, but uh, he crushed one and the Giants were just raking all night long. They were just getting nonstop hits and uh, they were playing against the Lake Elsinore Storm, if I have that correctly, who is the Padres single-A affiliate. But look, I highly recommend you get to a, a San Jose Giants game if you haven't already. It's a lot of fun. Um, they just got, uh, came back home from a long road trip. Go to left field, go to Turkey Mike's, get a little barbecue, uh, and then you, you know, maybe get a beer and you're chilling in the outfield. And, you know, everyone's just there to have a good time. And you know that they're also big baseball fans because they are uh, at a single A baseball game. And then you got the whole thing with the beer batter and everything where if the batter strikes out, then you get a half off beer. So everyone's kind of cheering for the guy. And the other guy on the team was having some fun with it, you know, tipping his cap every time uh, that he, uh, you know, every time that he got announced. He hit a single and was rounding first and was literally waving to the crowd because everyone was booing him since he was the beer batter of that game. I mean, it was it was cool. It was cool yesterday seeing that. Um, so another thing that happened though, and this was with the A's. First off, let's get to what happened before the game. So it's just the most Bay Area thing ever. But the team bus for the Angels was stuck on the Bay Bridge. There was an accident on the Bay Bridge, and the team bus couldn't make it to Oakland, so they had to take BART. And Otani was meant to start last night, but instead his start was pushed to tomorrow, uh, to, to tonight. So it's just, uh, how how Bay Area is that? Welcome to the Bay Area, Shohei Otani. 
You get to ride Bart. <laughs> like, hey, if you want to, if you want to experience the Bay Area in the right way, you could do all of those different things. Go visit all the sites in San Francisco. You could go to Oakland. You could do whatever you want to do. You can go to San Jose. Hell, you could go to Fremont. You can go to Hayward. You could do whatever you want to do in the Bay Area. But you got to take Bart at least once if you want to have the full Bay Area experience. So shout out to you, Shohei Otani. Hopefully uh, you got on one of those new trains because one of those new trains is slick. I wonder if you got on one of the old or the new trains. That's that's my biggest question uh, after seeing that yesterday. But the A's did beat the Angels 5-0. They moved to 30-22 and on the year. And Chris Bassett, he tossed a shutout. Now, I want to get this out of the way too. Complete game shutout, that's not a thing. If someone pitches a shutout, you got to assume that it's a complete game. You go all nine innings, you don't need to say it's a complete game shutout. A shutout is when you go all nine, in my opinion. And that's exactly what Chris Bassett did. You don't see shutouts too often anymore. You know, we have seen a, an abundance of no-hitters this year, a strange amount of no-hitters uh, so far this season. Much to the chagrin of some of these older traditionalist baseball guys who are saying this is bad for the game. These hitters aren't able to do anything off these pitchers. It's like, okay, keep crying. But Chris Bassett yesterday, he only gave up two hits. He struck out nine, and in nine innings of work, he hasn't had the greatest season this year. Um, Not one like he was having last season where he was just lights out on the mound. Uh, but Chris Bassett's always been a very good pitcher. He's 5-2 and two on the season, has a 3.21 ERA. Uh, but last night, it was his first career shutout. Big stuff for uh, for Chris Bassett. And I want to play this postgame presser for you because, you know, when we talk about no-hitters versus shutouts versus, you know, going seven strong and getting out of innings, what do pitchers like most? Look, man, if they can go for a complete game and do it in this fashion, it does mean a lot to them. And it's it's crazy when you got all these guys complaining about these no-hitters. It's like, well, what about the pitchers? You know, I get the guys in the lineup, you're afraid for your hitters and you want them to hit more. What about the pitchers, man? Because listen to Chris Bassett after last night's win and him getting the shutout. Listen to how emotional he was in this press conference. This is unedited. I I, I didn't take out any of the pauses in the middle of it, but you can just hear... In that silence, the emotion that's going through Chris Bassett after he threw the shutout last night. Excuse me? I mean, I'm not trying to be weird, but uh, gosh dang. Like, I'm just trying to hold back tears right now. That's, I mean, that's honest. Uh, there's so many people in this organization that have... That, I mean, they have stuck by my side through so much crap. And I'm just so grateful, honestly. I'm grateful. I mean, did you hear that? That was that was just it was just pure emotion, and him throwing his first career shutout. And, and you know, it's it goes back to that old Moneyball quote with the uh, with Brad Pitt, and he's just saying, "How can you not be?" romantic about baseball and there are certain moments i understand that it is a uh you know to a lot of people it's a boring game you know because it lasts so long but for these players it's a grind it's a grind man and getting to the major leagues is also a grind not only that but becoming the number one starter on your staff that's also a grind 
And then there are, there are so many ups and downs. So the highs, it, they just mean so much to these players. And, and just hearing Chris Bassett yesterday, I was just like, damn. <laughs> like, this dude clearly feels like he hasn't played up to what he expects. Uh, here's more Chris Bassett after the game from last night. There's so many people that have pushed me when I was going through so much crap. Um my wife, I mean, obviously I have a little girl, but I'm, dang, man. Like, yeah. Like, Bomel, I mean, Shulman, every, everyone, Nick, everyone. Um, as dumb as it is, the clubbies, like, everyone just pushed me when they knew I was struggling through so much stuff. And like I said, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be here. And, you know, like, like, listen, how can you not root for a guy like that? And, you know, just going between the minor leagues and the A's, you know, uh, getting, uh, I mean, obviously he got traded over here for uh, Jeff Samarja, if you remember in that trade. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The A's traded Jeff Samarja and then also Michael Enoa for Chris Bassett, Josh Fagley, Rangel Ravello. And then Marcus Simeon, if you remember that trade, Chris Bassett was involved in that deal. And he'd been going up and down, up and down. There were some times a couple of years ago where Chris Bassett, you know, looked like damn near the ace. But then, you know, he'd get hurt, have to go back down. He had been through a lot. So just seeing that last night, it's a, it's a pretty cool story uh, to see Chris Bassett and him getting his first career shutout and just seeing the emotion uh, that he was pouring onto the microphone there. Uh, just grateful to be here. How can you not root for uh, a guy like that? 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But coming up at 545, Langford's Long Balls, where I go through my five favorite home runs of the week. And also, the wackiest baseball play I have ever seen in my life with the Cubs and the Pirates yesterday. I know it's outside of the market, but if you didn't see this play yesterday, wait till you hear the call. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. 888-957-9570. That's all coming up on this Friday. Steve Electron and on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Thinking more and more about it, Thinking more and more about how Shohei Otani and the team bus couldn't make it to Oakland from the Bay Bridge because there was an accident. And by the way, I mean, have you ever been on the on the Bay Bridge when there's an accident? It is, it's brutal. But Shohei Otani having to take Bart to the game and that being the reason uh, why he missed his start yesterday as. Uh, Shohei will be starting tonight against the A's as uh, they won the first of their four-game series. And shout-out to Chris Bassett for the shutout, as we just talked about him in that last segment. The emotion that he showed in the postgame uh, was just so raw and, 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 you know, just so real. But uh, I do, I, I'm genuinely curious, and maybe, you know what? I think I'm going to have a new podcast. A new podcast where I interview people who go for their first time on BART. Who, who take the trade for their first time, had no idea what they were getting into. I want to know what stops they were going to, well, where were you going, from where were you going, what time were you on the train, was it empty, were there people on board? 
Uh, my, my boy Kyle Madsen from the Midday Show from 10 to 2, the producer for uh, for Steiny Guru and Dibs. He took Bart the other day, and there was a pigeon that was on Bart, and he took a video of it, and he, you know, you should win a cinematography, for, it's a cinematography award for that, uh, Madsen. But there was a pigeon on Bart. You never know what can happen. And me being a guy who used to take Bart up here every day, uh, you know, before I had to start waking up a little earlier, and, you know, really, <laughs> Bart didn't start early enough for me. But well, I was taking it up here every day and going back home every day, and look, I've seen some stuff, <laughs> you know, I have seen some bleep and I would love to know what Otani's experience was yesterday. I would love to know how he looked at Bart and just overall what his thoughts were. Maybe I'll start a podcast. Nobody's going to listen to that, <laughs> but, it would, but it would interest me. It interests me. All right. Before we get to Langford's long balls coming up in about six minutes, I do want to get to this play yesterday. I want to get to this play. There are some teams in sports who are just laughing stocks of their specific sport. You know, in the NFL, really, it, it used to be the Browns. You know, we would always laugh at the Browns, but now the Browns are improving. So, you know, you can make fun of them, but really right now when their team is actually starting to get good, it's it's hard for them to be the laughing stock of the NFL anymore. I mean, who who is that 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 laughing stock team now where no matter what they do, uh nothing will ever go right for them? Is there that one specific team? I guess I guess, you know, I don't know, maybe the Bengals had been that team for the past few years. I I, I don't know, I can't even think of any off the top of my head, but you have those laughing stocks right in every single league. You know, in the NBA right now, I mean, you can't help but look any further right now than the Chicago Bulls, who have just not been good at all uh, in the past, uh, ever since Derrick Rose was his non-MVP self. Uh, Plenty of other teams. But in baseball, we have the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Thank you. From the 707, thank you. The Jaguars. The Jags are a very, very, very good one. Because... You know, even though in 2017 when they had one of the sickest defenses that we've ever seen, um, they were still trotting out Blake Bortles at quarterback. Thank you for seven. Thank you for that 707. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence can turn that around. But the Pirates are one of those teams in baseball. I got a buddy who is a massive Pirates fan. Whole family full of Pirates fans, and him and I are the same age. And I remember leading up to. When we were 18 years old, <laughs> leading up to when we were 18, you know, me being a Giants fan and, uh, you know, the, the championship starting to be won in 2010, that's when things started getting rolling. But he's like, it's been 18 years and my team hasn't even gone above 500 yet. <laughs> like, like, he hadn't seen a good Pirates team at all. Then they had that stretch with McCutcheon, right, where they started to become kind of good. But then they made that trade for Chris Archer, where they traded away Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows. And then ever since then, things have just come crumbling down. And the win total for them this year was at, like, the the, the betting win total before the season was somewhere around, like, 58.5, I think. Which is nothing. Which is predicting that they're going to lose 100 games. That's terrible. But yesterday, the reason I'm going off on the Pirates, and I've been going on this tangent for four minutes, yesterday... This happened as they were facing the rival Chicago Cubs. Javier Baez at the plate. 
He hits a grounder. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be they kidding me. They stole a run. You have got to be kidding me. Javi Baez. Keep going. Go. Go. Think you're invisible. El Mago in D. I've never seen a pickle at first base before. <laughs> this, this was the most ridiculous play I've ever seen. And if you have not seen it yet, all you got to do is Google Javier Baez. That's all you got to do. And the first thing that'll pop up, I can guarantee it, will be this play that happened yesterday. But in case you missed it, he hits a ground ball, goes to first, and instead, when the run, there's a runner on third, by the way, when he's at the plate, hits a ground ball to first, and instead of just, you know, running to first base, or excuse me, he doesn't hit the ground ball to first, my bad, I'm totally botching this. He hits a ground ball to the left side, they throw to first base, the first baseman leaves the bag, and he's going to go tag Baez. There's two outs, so you've just figured, you know, nothing to make of it. But the runner hasn't moved at all. The runner hasn't moved. And Javier Baez, instead of just, you know, running into the first baseman like every other runner would, he starts running back home. And then he gets them all discombobulated. They had no idea what to do. It was like something out of Little League, because... They had never seen a player turn back toward home plate when going for an infield single. And he didn't know what to do. And they're treating it like a pickle situation, when in reality, he could have just ran back to first base, tagged it, and Baez would have been out. But instead, they try to make a throw home. The rudder was called safe, but here is the best part. This is the best part about this whole thing. By the time the runner has uh, called safe at home, been called safe at home, Javier Baez is pretty much just right outside of the batter's box there toward first base. Barely anywhere near it. And he is there, and he literally motions safe as if he's the umpire because the runner is safe. Then he runs back to first. Then the Pirates try throw it out, throwing him out at first, and he slides in. Then there's an error. The ball gets by, and then he goes to second. I've never seen anything like that in my life. One more time, listen to this call now that you have that incredibly confusing vision in your head. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. Oh my goodness. Wow. you got to be kidding me. You've got to be they kidding me. They stole a run. You have got to be kidding me. Javi Baez. Of course, credit to the Marquee Sports Network for that. That is the TV affiliate for the Cubs. Uh, but one more time, I'm not going to play the entire clip, but listen to the communication here. In Little League, they constantly teach you about communication. Listen to your teammates when they're yelling at you, and listen to these teammates yelling at the first baseman, telling him to give it up, give it up, give it up, when he's chasing Javier Baez back home. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Right Gonzalez. This is so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Baseball. Baseball, you sometimes may be a boring sport, 
You may last for way too long. You may last three and a half, four and a half hours. Hell, even five hours. But sometimes you can bring some moments of brilliance like that one. And something that we see often are home runs. And that is the point at 545 every Friday morning. We do Langford's Long Balls, where we go through my five favorite home runs of the week. Mm. All right. We had a lot of home runs hit this week. A lot of guys deserve shout-outs, but this is the first ever Langford's Long Balls where one player has two separate home runs on this list because I couldn't help it. He has had a monster week at the dish and not only that a monster season and we'll get to him toward the end but first off number one i do got to shout this guy out austin slater slater high drive to left it is out of here and this game is tied shout out nbc sports bay area for the audio that is Austin Slater's second time on Langford's Long Balls. He actually made it uh, last week for what he did the week previous over the weekend uh, for getting a couple of pinch hits home pinch hit home runs back to back days. But what Austin Slater did in that game against the Diamondbacks, look, you know we're we're gonna pay attention to Vossler, him getting his first career home run in that game. But Austin Slater, without that two run home run. They're not tying that ball game. That doesn't give Vosler the opportunity to hit the go-ahead home run. But it was crushed 460 feet. Austin Slater, 460 feet. And not only that, kind of sad that it's getting toward the end of Mustache May here. Because, you know, the mustaches for Yastrzemski and Austin Slater, they might be gone. and, And that makes me really sad to think about. But when you hit a home run like that, and you pimp it, and you have the blonde mustache looking like that lead detective out of Narcos, man, you're gonna you're gonna make it to Langford's log balls here. Austin Slater was number five on my list. Number four, this one's interesting. Number four here is interesting. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, hundred percent honest. I hadn't heard of this dude until this week. I hadn't. And that's because he plays for the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers right now are last in the American League West. They stink, so that's why you're not getting much pub there. But this is what Langford's Long Balls is all about. I tell stories, baby. Akil Badu from the Tigers. Your mean Mercedes from the White Sox. And now from the Rangers, this guy has hit 10 home runs this entire month. And that is Adelis Garcia. That one's up, but he doesn't care. Hammers that one out to left field and gone! That was a bolt right over the fence. Number 16 for El Bombi. And the Rangers are on the board. Now, he was originally with the Cardinals, but guess what? They traded him to the Rangers for cash. That's it. They just traded this dude for cash, and now he's hit 10 home runs in the month of May. He currently has 16 on the year with 41 RBIs. He has a 282 batting average and a 929 OPS, but I love stories like this. I love stories like this. Look, I'm going to give you a little secret, little Langford's Long Ball secret. If you want to look up a player and where they've been, what they've been doing, just go to MLB.com and search up their name. That's what I did yesterday, and 
go to the bottom and just look at their journeys. He was assigned to the Cuban League in 2016, and then he was signed by the Cardinals, who gave him a minor league contract in 2017. And then he was going, you know, among the minor leagues with the Cardinals, eventually made it up to the big club. But then, you know, you'd get option, recalled, reassigned, all those different things. And then they figured, you know, Garcia, you're not much of a fit with our team. We're going to trade you for cash. But apparently he's found a home now because that happened back in 2019. And in 2020, he was optioned to the alternate training site last season for that 60-game year. But this year, they brought him up and then... He's been doing this. It's unbelievable. Ten home runs in the month of May for this dude. So, Adelis Garcia, shout out to you. Unfortunately, you pay for you play for the Rangers, so not many people are going to know your name, but you're going to get it here on Langford's Log Balls on 95.7 The Game. All right, that was number four. Number five was Austin Slater. Number four was Adelis Garcia. Let's go to number three, and this one is kind of selfish. Just remember that Luciano, with all the tout around him, is still just 19 years old. Here he blasts one out to right center field. Well hit. Convert on it is Hassel and Mears. They're going to watch this one fly. Luciano goes to the opposite field, and it's 3-0 Giants. Marco Luciano of the San Jose Giants against the Lake Elsinore Storm yesterday, who were a part of the San Diego Padres. They are the single-A affiliate. But being at that game last night and seeing Luciano do what he did, he went 3-for-3. He had a walk, had a single, stretched it into a double in the beginning of the game because there was a runner on second and he hit him home. And Luciano uh, had the IQ to go to second as 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 soon as the throw was missing the cutoff man and going all the way to home. So Luciano showed some speed. But then in that second at bat, you know, everyone's waiting on Luciano, right? Everybody's waiting on Luciano. But when he hit that ball to right center, anyone who's played baseball before knows that, you know, if you're laid on a pitch and you get some you get the barrel on it, you can crack one to the opposite field. You can, but you might have been laid on the pitch. This one It was barely even the opposite field. It was really at right center. You know you got some power when you do that. You timed the pitch perfectly as well. Um, Luciano yesterday, and then he ended up walking the next at-bat, and then in his fourth at-bat, his final plate appearance of the night, he hits another double. So shout-out to Marco Luciano. He was great last night. Harrison Freed was awesome. And they got this dude who is the catcher for that team. Ricardo, I believe his last name is Genovese. I, if I'm not, if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, in, if I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. But the dude's a tank. <laughs> the dude's a tank. So when you see Genovese out there, if you manage to get out to a game, number 29, and then you got number 32, Harrison Freed. You're thinking, man, those are some big boys. Those are some big dudes. <laughs> Just absolute tanks. And then there was another guy, Ivan Armstrong, who was on the mound, too. He was an absolute beast. That's San Jose Giants team. I'm telling you, get out to San Jose and watch a game. It's a lot of fun. All right. So I've been through my 5-4-3, and three, and my 2-1 and one are from the same player. And I can't help it because this dude's been on an absolute tear, and I'm just so glad that he's getting the recognition he deserves from the Toronto Blue Jays. And that is... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bring it a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here and wing up. Vladimir Guerrero, number 12, a no doubter into the teeth of the wind. Bro, dude. <laughs> what? Not, this was last Friday, and they were playing the Rays. He hit that ball 116 miles an hour off the bat. 
But he did it off of Tyler Glasnow. All right? Tyler Glasnow on the Rays, he's a consistent 97 to 99 mile an hour pitcher. And he's got this nasty curveball. Everything that Glasnow does is unbelievable on the mound. But somehow, and no one, it's very rare that people do this. As a matter of fact, I can't remember who it was on the A's right now that did it. Uh, oh, man, it was early on in the season. But if you're a right-handed hitter and you're facing the right-handed Glasnow and you turn on one of his fastballs enough to get 117 miles an hour off the bat, You're doing something right. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr., that was on Friday. That is number two for me. But this one is number one from Vlad Guerrero Jr. 3-9 LPS. It's a high fly ball deep to left field. The Rosarito is back. It's out of here. Vladimir Guerrero, his second home run of the ballgame, has tied it up. I mean, mean, what, what more am I supposed to say about him? This dude is playing out of his mind right now. Oh, man, and I just totally lost the stats as I had him pulled up in front of me. Give me one quick second to scroll down. I mean, everything that he's been doing right now, he's hitting 333 with 15 home runs. With 15 home runs. Oh, my goodness. So, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he is number two and number one. And you know what? That is good enough to give him the recognition as the long baller of the week. So shout out to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's so cool uh, seeing him do what he does. And he's also doing stuff already that his dad didn't do. He's doing stuff like that's the best. That's the best is when there there are specific people in baseball. And I go to uh, Sarah Langs, for example, on Twitter. If you don't follow Sarah Langs, who, uh, you know, works for MLB.com and does a bunch of different stuff. She's a stats master and she will go back and give you all of these historical uh, these historical notes. Uh, about what uh, about what they're doing and just the, gives you historical context, really. And she has been doing it a lot with Buster Posey this year because Buster Posey is doing stuff that he hasn't done in a very long time. But Vlad Guerrero Jr., let me find it here. This is from Stathead, and this is comparing Vlad Guerrero Jr. to his dad. He leads MLB with a 1.21 OPS in 47 games. This was a couple of days ago. A 1.21 OP, a 1.121 OPS in 47 games. Only one time did his dad have a higher OPS in his first 47 games of a season. It was 1.157 in 2000. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s doing this with really his second full season. <laughs> How crazy is that? How crazy is that? So shout out to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Shout out to all of these guys. Man, baseball players, I wish you'd get a little more recognition. Um, by the way, there's one I left off, uh, I left off here, and he did this a couple of days ago before his series against the uh, against the A's, and before he had to take Bart for the first time in his life. But Shohei Otani, he hit one 117 miles an hour off the bat, and I want to. I, I wish I could attribute this to the proper person on Twitter. But it's one of those things where somebody retweeted it, you know, and it's like a random person who tweeted something out. But I saw someone tweet this. Shohei Otani, every home run that he hits looks like it's the hardest home run that you've ever seen. And it's so true. It really is. 
And now tonight, you're going to be seeing him against the uh, against the A's. Always a lot of fun. I'm actually, I'm very fortunate. I managed to catch Shohei Otani uh, in his first start. Uh, against the A's in Oakland, and the dude was lights out. You can't take your eyes off of him. Um, so, you know, hopefully he stays healthy because he's just so good for the game. But so is guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So are the stories like Adelis Garcia. So are the unexpected guys like Austin Slater. And let's hope that Marco Luciano at some point uh, can be one of the cornerstones of this Giants franchise moving forward because at 19 years old, Seeing him do what he did last night, it's, man, man, it's something to look forward to. Let's see if he could stay consistent with it. Uh, I do want to get back to this play. I, I, I need to do it one more time. Javier Baez at the plate. He hits a ground ball to third. There's a runner on third. Third baseman's holding him on, you know, just so he doesn't score the run, whatever. Third baseman throws it wide, uh, throws it wide to first base. First baseman has to move off the bag. You think it's just going to be one of those simple plays with two outs where you just tag the runner going toward first. But instead, Javier Baez decides to play a little pickle and starts running back toward home, fooling the first baseman for the Pirates. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be they kidding me. They stole a run. You have got to be kidding me. Javi Baez. Keep going. Go. Go. Think you're invisible. El Mago in how does a guy who hits a ground ball to third with two outs and the ground and the third baseman fields it cleanly, doesn't throw it cleanly, gets the first baseman off uh, off the base, but how does that guy end up on second? I don't know. And it shows just the type of sports fans that everyone is. Some guys are calling it magic by Javier Bo- Baez. Wow, what a genius play. But there's the other half who are like me who are saying, what an idiot that first baseman is for not stepping on the bag when you had two outs. <laughs> like, like you know, there's two sides to it. But also, two things can be equally true. Shout out to the Morning Roast. They're coming up next with Bonte Hill, Kate Scott, and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. They're going to be joined by Mark Spears at 720 and then Eric Karos at 920. Stick around, everyone, and have a great weekend. Whew! That was fun. Morning Roast now. You're listening to 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.